Gestalt IT is proud to present the On-Premise IT Roundtable. On this episode, we'll be talking about a hot topic in the networking space, automation. The panel discusses why organizations see automation as prohibitively complex, what exactly they mean by automation, and why it isn't coming for their jobs anytime soon. On today's panel, we'll have the networking nerd himself, Tom Hollingsworth, moderating the discussion. Joining him will be Carl Fugate, Jordan Martin, and Aaron Conway. To follow all the participants on the roundtable and to get more episodes, be sure to check out gestaltit.com slash podcast. One of the topics that keeps coming up when we start talking about software-defined networking and the future of the way things are going to be um, acting in the data center is automation. You know, robots are coming to take our jobs. And sometimes we figure it out it's, it's actually not that um, apparent that automation is changing things. And we've seen some automation uh, stories being told over the last few months that are uh, very compelling for people. But one thing that always keeps coming back to it is the fact that a lot of companies are not choosing to implement automation because it's really hard to do. Uh, do, do any of you guys have a, any experience doing automation? Yeah, so I'm actually in, in the middle of an, uh, an automation deployment for our, our MPLS IP core. And I, I think one of the reasons that that it's really hard and, and difficult for um, a lot of, of people to get started in this is first just to define what is automation. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, because different people have kind of have a different definition of what is automation. For some people, it's self-service. Uh, for some people, it's uh, just, you know, fixing, you know, problems, you know, automatically in their network. Uh, for others, it's maybe just kind of pushing con some configuration, you know, very, very quickly to a lot of things. And so I think, you know, when, when people are looking at this, they, they really need to kind of step back and decide, you know, what are the things that are important to them, you know, in, in automation to be able to kind of fix first? I think w one of the challenges is that we get the vision that automation is going to, you know, we're, we're going to turn the entire network into a robot or whatever it is that we're automating. Um, but it's not really that. It's evolutionary, right? It's the idea of here's this thing that we can do and we can make our, our tasks a little bit easier. Um, and, we, and we automate that thing. And so it's not so much as, uh, you know, we're, <laughs> we weren't automated and now we're going to be automated. So much as it is, we're going to take it piece by piece. It's going to be something that happens over time. And so I'm actually right in the middle of what you described there, Jordan. We, uh, a year ago, we had no automation at all. Um, we, we brought in a couple guys uh, with some experience in, like, Rundeck with Python back in. And we automated a bunch of stuff, including, like, say, IPsec VPN tunnels, right? That, that takes a lot of maintenance you know, to configure, usually. Um, but now, it's just a, full, a web form that someone fills out, clicks go, and then everything's done, right? So that took a lot of, saved a lot of our time. Now, there are a hundred other tasks, tasks I would like to automate, but do I have the time to do that? I, I don't think I do, <laughs> right? Well, each one has to be evaluated, right? right. Like, you know, how much, how much advantage are we gonna get for investing this time? Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna pick that low-hanging fruit, the stuff that you spend a lot of time managing that could absolutely be automated. Like, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the stuff you wanna hit first. I think there was an O'Reilly Unix book back in the day, I'm talking about 15 years ago, that uh, one of my Unix friends was showing me. It had a nice chart of what to script and what not to script, right? <laughs> right, and it was basically: is it complex or is it simple? And you do it all the time, or you only do it once, right? Yeah. It was that kind of matrix. And I think that that probably applies as well. We do VPNs every day, and they're fairly complicated. So let's automate that and go. That's the easy one. I think you know, in automation, this is a really good point. And I want to kind of point out that 
you know, this is where I think there's a little bit of disparity is who are we automating for, right? So a lot of the automation that we've talked about is we're automating for ourselves. It's how to make our jobs easier, which is great. Um, I, I think that's, that's, you know, it's wise and, and we need that. And it's a great stepping off point, you know, to where maybe we're trying to go. And I, I think, you know, for, for us, at least, you know, where we're trying to go is to take network and, and provide it as a service. And so, so by, by taking this automation and finding those things that we can do, that's, that's great. It's, it's then about trying to take that and move it the step forward to just expose it as a service, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's not, it's not necessarily us as network engineers that are using the automation. It's allowing our, our customers mm -hmm. to come in and actually take advantage of that as well. Uh, that's really big. Um, back to my IPsec tunnel thing that I don't do that. I don't use that form at all. I couldn't tell you where it's at. Okay. Right. There's some a request comes into our support desk, and whoever is assigned that task and support, and it's done. So that that actually involved. that brings up an interesting point because one of the things that we keep talking about when we as soon as we talk about automation or orchestration, um, some little uh, like gremlin appears beside me and goes, "You need to program," and then disappears again. Yeah. So that's a big uh, argument that's been going on in the networking industry right now is you know you're not going to be an effective engineer going forward unless you know how to program something and and your discussion about you know writing bash scripts to automate things or I can remember years and years about 15 years ago learning how to join NT4 machines to a domain through a Perl script mm -hmm. so because it was a whole bunch easier than trying to actually navigate NT4's domain interface do we need to learn how to program in order to automate networks and I'll warn you right now this is a loaded question so <laughs> I want to get your opinions before we get to part 2 that's quite a loaded question. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start here. Um, you do not have to learn to program to be a network engineer or an engineer of any kind. I believe you do need to program if you want to be a good and efficient network engineer. And so there is no harm in learning how to program as a network engineer. I think you're limiting the scope of your career if you don't. Um, can you make... You know, can you have a gainful employment for the rest of your career as it sits right now without learning to program? I think you can. I, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I agree with you, but maybe I'll take it just maybe a, a step further. Um, you know, I'm not a programmer. I've never been a programmer. I've scripted, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, have grown up in an era where we've kind of, you know, learned the basics of this. And, and for me, in, in what I'm doing, uh, we've actually hired people, we've actually hired developers to do this. We, you know, these are people who are good, who understand software development. And I think, you know, f what I've found is it's, it's important for the network person to, to understand network, but to understand how software is developed not necessarily to develop, but how it's developed. And what are, more. what are the things that, that the developers need to understand? And what do, what do you as the, the, the network person need to bring to the conversation? Because they need our knowledge just as much as we need theirs. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you can have this kind of uh, you know, co-relationship mm -hmm. with your developer and, and not necessarily have to, to take it all on yourself. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely. And, and so much that, you know, we've had specialties for this purpose because it's hard. It's, it's a lot of hard work to become an excellent network engineer. Yeah. And the skills that are there, you might have some parallels with programming, but it's not the same job. Right. And so if you want someone to write an application for you, it makes sense to have someone who knows how to write applications write it for you. But they're going to need the knowledge and the experience that you have in in the topologies or the, the, the intent of what you want to happen because as a programmer, that's not something they would have learned as 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 have gone through their education. Yeah. 
And I think it's 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 really translating what we're trying to do. You know, they're they're taking you know the the knowledge that we have in, in this product that we're trying to develop, and and it's it's important for us to be able to to make sure that the end product represents what it what the network service is that we're trying to expose. Um, and I, and a developer can't do that, right? They need us to to be able to do that. Well, how often have you tried to automate something and realized every case was special? How about that? Oh. <laughs> Every switch oh. is a unicorn. Uh, Every okay, switch if, is a unicorn. If, right? if, if there's a button, a hot button you press with me, that's the one. Yeah. Like, I am anti-special snowflake. Yes. You know, like, I like, yell at people as they stop, <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah. All right, because it, there's, no way, there's no way if everything in your environment is unique, mm-hmm. right, and everything is custom configured and, you know, uh, artisanal. <laughs> right? there's, 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 yeah, there's, there's no way that you're going to be able to automate that environment in any way, shape, or form. You're not going to find any efficiencies whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, as a foundational, as, as an engineer or architect, that should be goal number one. Yeah. How do I make this process repeatable? How do I make sure that every config is the same? There's always going to be the <laughs> off cases. You're never going to get it perfect in, unless you're, you know, militant about it. Well, and some places are because automation is so important to them. They have to be militant about it. But, I mean, most, I think most enterprises are going to fall somewhere in the middle. I agree. It, it, it touches on a point, though. Um, you are always going to have exceptions. And so what I've found is um, the, the, the corollary to, to automation is workflow management, mm-hmm. right? So um, you, you want to, to define your use cases very well. Um, and what we've done is we've taken it and we've said where we have to kind of do things special, let's do those in the workflow and not in the actual automation, right? So let's, let's keep things as standardized as possible and where we need to try to, to do these kind of special things, um, we can do those in workflows because the workflow language is, is a lot easier to, to kind of handle those exceptions than it is to try to, to do it in the infrastructure, right? In the infrastructure, we want it to look as, as, as similar as possible. So saying, as as it goes through the workflow, you use this script instead of this script is, versus have the script figure out what you're doing. It's making de- it's making decisions. So if, yeah, if yeah. it's saying that do I do I need this feature yeah. uh, in order to support the task that I'm yeah, deploying, and so I want the workflow management to actually just make that decision yes. and then call the right configuration. Yeah. So maybe along the, the discussion we were having just now about workflows, um, part two of my loaded, do you need to know how to program to be a networking person? Um, We've seen a couple of solutions in the last couple of months that are trying to abstract the programming automation pieces from us and give us a consumable service. The two that I can think of off the top of my head are Abstra and Anuda Networks. Um, They are doing this workflow automation orchestration piece by saying, okay, I'm going to give you an interface like your, your web form for VPNs, and I'm going to do all the hard work on the back end of tying all the bits and pieces together, and you don't have to worry about learning how to write, you know, PowerShell scripts to do this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is an effective way to introduce automation into an environment without telling networking engineers, guess what, you get to spend the next you know eight months learning Swift or Objective-C or something like that? And you said a, a key word in there, and it's, it's a critical word, and that's orchestration, which is, I think, an extension of automation, because we've talked about tasks and automating tasks, you can automate configurations. Orchestration is kind of a, a bigger whole network or a, at least a section of the network approach to automation. And so I, I do think it is something that's going to make automation more consumable um, to enterprises, to everybody. Um, I think the drawback to a lot of these orchestration platforms is that you have to pick a minimum or what we'll call the lowest common denominator of feature sets. 
Um, and, and you have to design within what the orchestration platform can do. But if you're willing to make those trade-offs, uh, and, and, and it's going to fit the model of a large number of organizations where this will work. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you have to, you know, in evaluating whether or not that's a valid approach, you have to say, that model works for me, and I can commit to that, and we're not going to have special snowflakes, and we're going to orchestrate across. Well, and now, and now it absolutely is a valid way to bring automation and an orchestration, which is, like in the next step, the next yeah. evolutionary step. Well, so orchestration <laughs> requires... No, no one to be a snowflake, like you said, but it also requires, not, I guess not requires, it's probably not a good word, that nothing from then on can be a snowflake either, right? Uh, because it's very, going to be, should be very structured, right? Very repeatable, very cookie cutter. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, so the way we've, we've approached the problem is, you know, we, we, take, we take workflows at, the, at kind of the highest level. It's generally where we, we're going to have the user interface. Um, and then we have the orchestration layer, and then we kind of have, I call it the translation layer, it's, it's the, or the automation layer. It's what's actually generating the configuration to push to the devices. Um, for me, the, the beauty of orchestration, and, and I think this is the, the topic, why, why is automation hard? It's really that orchestration layer, because to me, the, 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 the hardest part of our job is not what we do. We know how to do our stuff very, very well. It's how do we take a service and bring all of the right components together. So orchestration is not about just pushing network configuration. It may be pulling, you know, how do I get an IP address? How do mm -hmm. I get a VLAN ID? Yeah. How do I get a DNS name, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, how do I open a ticket to make sure that when I've created this new service that it goes into my CMDB? Mm -hmm. How do I get it man managed in my fault management system and performance management system? For me, that's, where, or, that's the value of orchestration. It, that orchestration layer is making sure that it's not just about putting the configs mm -hmm. on the device, but it's making sure all of the other systems are tied in. And I think that's what we need the vendors to solve today is making that easy because that is very, very challenging. There's, there's too many interfaces today for, for any one person to master to be able to do that. Well, just extending the idea of orchestration and you know, lowest common denominator feature set, I mean, that's going to be a huge challenge because all of those systems that you just yeah. mentioned now has to have to fit within the ecosystem of what that vendor has orchestrated mm -hmm. for. I mean, that's a great idea. I just don't know when or how that's actually going to be accomplished. It's, it really it speaks to the importance of, of making sure that our tool, tool providers are, are exposing APIs to allow us to yeah. do this, right? It's, it's making sure that, you know, we've spent a lot of time, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, hammering on network vendors to make sure that, hey, put an API on your device. Well, the same needs to go to all of our other vendors, you know, to make sure that they, we have an easy way to do this and it doesn't require you know, massive amounts of, of development to be able to interface. I, I, I don't disagree with that statement, but if every API is unique and custom, just like a CLI, it doesn't really do us any good, right? Yeah. We need standard APIs. I think that's, well, that's the critical component. And so interfacing with you know, some sort of system or you know, let, let's just use you know, IPAM or whatever just to pick your system. If every IPAM management service offers a completely different set of APIs, the challenge is still there. You know, it, it's still the same challenge because now I have to script for each and every potential variable. That's right. And so I think the key part, I agree with everything you said, I would add one word, standard APIs. Yeah, so you know, one of the vendors that, that we talked to this week, you know, that's one of the questions that I had for them is how can you know? It's this idea of modeling, right? So, it, you know, maybe the interface doesn't have to be the same 
maybe, but if we can find a way to model intent, you know, to be able to call those things in the same way, then maybe we can get there. Because I think we're, we've all grown up in a world where we're never going to get anyone to agree on a, a complete and unique standard. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this? Well, so the orchestration piece, I, I agree with, with both what you're saying here. I don't think the standardization is as important because you have the abstraction of the orchestration suite on top of it. So um, we, we did talk to, to someone who had, what, 35 vendors who, who were supported underneath their product. And we'll never see any of the, those pieces. Those are just pieces of software that we interact with but do not actually uh, modify or look at at all. Um, so perhaps API is important, yes. Standard APIs, yeah, I mean, no, perfect. Perfect world, yeah. We should all do the same thing the same way. But I, my, my thing with that with 35 different, you know, uh, vendors and 35 different unique ways of oh, managing yeah. devices. Well, I'm I mean, you I, there are 35 I, ways to do I, things. I, 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 I applaud the effort, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I think the proof is in the pudding. How often do those APIs change? We've talked about that, the fact that the underlying, yeah. how much time is that vendor going to spend managing, managing those abstractions and, and having to go back and touch each and every one mm -hmm. of those every time something changes? Um, you know, it's not impossible. Um, but then what's the cost to you, <laughs> right, yeah. for having to pay for, for the management yeah. of, of those abstractions? Yeah. So you pay them the money to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the fact remains that, you know, for, for, a, lot of, for a lot of enterprises that are, that are wanting to tackle this, uh, beyond doing something like some Python scripts or using Ansible or something like that to push configuration, if they truly want to get to a, a kind of this self-service model where they have full end-to-end -end service, you know, orchestration, um, where you can go to a service catalog, pick a service, and have it deployed, in reality, they're going to have to have you know, support from some type of systems integrator to mm -hmm. come in and do that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I agree that you know, we do need to, to find a way to do this. I mean, we need some, t and I don't know if an abstraction layer is, is necessarily the right answer. Uh, I, something, I agree, Jordan, we need some type of interface that allows us to do this. Um, I'm just not sure what that, what that is today. <laughs> well, I think we've done a really good job of, of exploring all the reasons why people tend to think automation's hard. I think we've gotten some good solutions. We've, we've put out there you know, what we want to see, how we want to interact with people going forward and get these solutions a little more robust. You know, no snowflakes, no unicorns. You know, make your policies good and, and consistent. And I think that that's, that's really the key to automation is, is you have to be repeatable. If you want things to be boring and unexciting in your network, you have to work to make them boring and unexciting. You know, it's like every awesome movie looks like it all came together perfectly at the end, and it was because there was an army of people behind it make sure, making sure that that happened. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Gestalt IT podcast. Please make sure to check out our website, gestaltit.com slash podcast, the most recent episode. You can always find it there. Also, check out our other podcast distribution uh, media such as iTunes. Um, you can uh, follow us there, like, share, subscribe, do all the fun stuff, and uh, we will catch you on our next episode. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT, home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Gestalt IT and at Facebook.com slash Gestalt IT. Very original. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me! Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day.